0: Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Brisa. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our
1: dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome hey! to the Super Mama Sisterhood. Hello. Hello. Hi, Super Mama. So, welcome back to another week of. My sister and I, myself, my sister and I, me, myself, and I, and my sister, my (laughs) sister, and me, Paulina and and I, I am Bricia Lopez, I am Paulina's sister. So if you are just catching up on our episodes, this is why sometimes I am a bully, because I'm her sister, and I can. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone. Every time I I get a message, I want to say, do you even watch the Kardashians? i am nice
0: <laughs> we don't slap each other Kardashian we don't we don't <laughs> we don't get physical we don't get physical
1: or i don't say the things they say to each other that's what makes no. me feel like I'm about better sister after watching kardashians
0: i i like we don't
1: insult each other <laughs> at all i don't i know i've never said you're a f and you know uh, whatever anyway <laughs> introduce ourselves my name is grisa lopez i have um two children a five-year-old Handsome little man and a three month old, beautiful little girl, almost four months now. Um, and yeah, hanging out, being the oh best God. me I can be every day, every
0: single day. Hi, everyone. This is Paulina. Uh, I'm brisa's sister, the one that gets bullied all the time.
1: Number one, so I don't <laughs> even think it's bullying, I think it's the wrong word. The wrong word to no I don't, don't, label. don't label yeah, it. don't label um
0: i am a mother of two three little so. girls we're not that they're not that little anymore nine six and um three and yeah same thing just you know trying to be a better, better person every day uh, if you're new to the show welcome to the super mama sisterhood and to all of our longtime listeners What's up, ladies? We love you. Thank you for your support. We could not do this without you. And also, if you're new, don't forget to follow us on our social media at underscore supermamas on Facebook, supermamas podcast, and on the web at supermamas.com. Uh, if you also want to send us a message or uh, call us up, you can do that at hello at supermamas.com or 424 326 3707. And stay tuned at the end of the show for our favorite
1: the segment. Pick or tip of the week.
0: Yes. So before we get to our show, Brizia, should we say who we have or should we talk about our week? What do you want to do first?
1: Uh, you know, I haven't really had a very eventful week, so I'm going <laughs> to leave this to you. What have you been <laughs> up to? I mean, my week has just been the same. Have I had something happen to me? I'm at the point where I have to look at my calendar and be like, oh, I did that. Yeah, that's right. I did this. <laughs>
0: oh my god well no you know what something that i wanted to share which is relevant to this well kind of relevant to the show that i haven't Mm -hmm. shared in a while that i haven't shared and i remember i talked to someone about this yesterday was um as if you guys follow us you know i went on a trip with to big bear with my family for our birthdays when we came back you know i was looking through the mail and i received a letter from the city of los angeles saying that we had to clean up our alley. So, you know, when the gardener came, we went, we talked to him. And while we were in the alley, which is like, you know, we don't ever go to the alley. It's actually locked. Um, my neighbor was there and he had recently lost one of his family members. So we, we were talking to him and the baby was taking a nap. And I came, well, not the mom, my baby daughter was taking a nap and I came in the and I came in the house and I told the girls, hey, um, six is sleeping. I'm going to be in the alley with dad. And uh, the neighbor, you know, we were talking and so we'll be there. If you need us, we're going to be back there. They were like, OK, you know, it was in the afternoon. There was no school anymore. Six, I was taking a nap. So, you know, we're talking to my neighbor about life and, you know, just catching up being neighbors. And I kept peeking because this is like the back of my house. So if you were in the back of my house, you could see I have a big door a big screen door that goes into my room and it was open this whole time. And I kept peeking and, you know, we're talking and I came in again. And I told them again and I went again into the to outside. Then all of a sudden I look and I see that my window, my door and my curtains were closed. So, then I was like, uh, okay. I'm like, why would they close the window? Like, I, I was like, okay. And I told my husband and the neighbor, I'm like, Oh, you know what? I'll be right back. I'm going to go check on the girls. So I come in my room, like I come and I open the door and, and then I hear the girls like all in the living room. And Krista was carrying Sixta. It's as I'm walking in, Paola, or sister-in-law, is walking through the front door. And she was like, Fernando, what? your sister's here. And I was like, what, what's happening? And they were like, your daughters called us because they said that they couldn't find you guys. And I was what? like, What? And she was like, "Yeah, they called us on the phone, and they told us we can't find our parents. It's been over three hours, and we have." I was like, "What?" <laughs> I didn't... yeah, they called Fernando, our brother. Fernando was like, well, call your dad." We left our cell phones in the house. I mean, I, th- I'm in the backyard. I, I, I didn't really think about taking my phone. So, so they called my husband's phone. My husband's phone's here. Fernando called my husband. Krista picks up and she's like, my dad's phone's also here. I don't know where my, I don't know where they are. So Fernando and Paola drive to my house. They told them close all the doors, close all the windows and just stay in the way for us. And I was like, what? (laughs) But Fernando was like, they did the right thing. They called us, they called us, you know, we came and I was like, oh my God, guys, first of all, thank you for coming. so fast. I didn't know this. I forgot to tell you guys. I forgot. I forgot and I remember we were literally in the alley with the neighbor and I came twice to tell them and they said, "Oh, well, they said that they haven't seen you in hours." And I was like, "What? That was like 30 minutes ago." Like I, I you know, I was like, "But thank you for coming." And I was like really proud of I mean, I guess I was proud of my daughters because they called Dionano and they were like, "Hey, like we need help."
1: And they came. So, you know. Wait, if it's been 30 minutes I mean yes they did the right thing they called for help but
0: I don't know why I guess they said they went to the backyard and they were like mom dad and I was like the door to the alley was open they were like oh we couldn't find you
1: and the baby woke up and we didn't know what to do that's (laughs) that's interesting yeah yeah, I'm glad you know that that's the importance of community and having someone that you can just call. That's that's awesome. This is why see, this is why you need to have like your kids have your iPads and have a phone so they can call people.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean you know they called they called <laughs> Fernando or brother, uh, and later Fernando told me you know I didn't want to like scare you. I, I didn't want to freak out, but as soon as we like turned the corner to go in your street, there was an ambulance coming, so we were really freaking out, and I was like what? Oh <laughs> I was like well. No, I was literally on the alley with my husband and the neighbor. I mean, you know, they did the right thing, you know, they they called our also brother.
1: Interesting, also interesting, you're three six and nine. When I'm, Fernando, you and I were three six and nine, we were by ourselves all the time.
0: All the time.
1: All the like time. all day. All day. <laughs> we were alone at home, <laughs> making our own food. Like, you yeah. know, it's just it's just so interesting how different it is. And Lisa, who is nine, nine, you know, the three-year-old wakes up. And it's not a, number one, how is she carrying a three-year-old?
0: Uh, she's
1: heavy now. <laughs> so she's carrying her. And, you know, she's like, oh, my God, where's mom? Where's mom? <laughs> and I could probably see them, like, go inside their mind and just freaking out because they're probably calling out to you in the back. And it's like, where are they? We can't find them. <laughs> they abandoned us. <laughs> they abandoned us for three hours and it's like it's been 25 minutes
0: i was like what because i mean fernando our brother lives super close here so he probably i mean he came in chancla like they you know they came like in a hurry and it's probably like a five minute drive it's not even probably less um but I was like, I was kind of laughing, but I was also
2: like, but yeah, then I, I mean,
1: guess again, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just, this is tough. I haven't crossed that bridge. I don't, I mean, my son can even go to the next room and I'm in, <laughs> I'm in my room for God's sakes. I can even imagine what it would be like if I left him alone, he'd go, you know? Yeah. I don't know. That I was, mean, that I, was interesting. I'm, I'm in the room. I'm in the room. He won't even go to his room. by himself. That is right next to my room by himself, you know? Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I know. I, I don't know why I forgot to tell you. I forgot to tell you guys about it or Fernando, you know, but it was, uh, it was pretty interesting that day. Um, but I was, you know, I'm glad that they I'm trying to teach them other phone numbers, because, you know, they know my number, they know my husband's number, but they, to, to learn other numbers. I think it's important, you know? Like I remember that time that she got lost at Target and she called me. and They called me that your Wait, daughter's what? here. Oh my god. Yeah, last year. Was it last year? What? I share this on the podcast. I did share this on the podcast. She didn't get lost. Oh. But we were at Target with my husband and I don't know where we were. I mean, we're all there, so it's pre-pandemic. Um, and my husband started going to get something. And she said, I'm gonna go with dad. And I see him and I saw her. I was like, okay, there she goes. Then all of a sudden I get a phone call and I was like, Hello. They were like, Oh, hi, yeah, I'm call- I'm a Target, I, you know, I'm a person that works at Target. Uh, you know, we have your daughter here. And I was like, Where? Where? My daughter's with my husband. She was like, No, she's right here. And she told me that she couldn't find you, so she gave me your number to call you. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. Yeah, so you know, like she. She did the
1: right thing. Well, Again. if it didn't pay you like Paulina Lopez, <laughs> Paulina Lopez, your daughter is in the front desk. <laughs> Paulina Lopez, please read. right. <laughs> uh, I know,
0: but so that's twice that she's uh, she's like reached out for help. You know, she's, she's she's so, reached out. For- <laughs> <laughs> she's reached out for help. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> but it goes with our, I guess it goes with uh, our episode today. <laughs>
1: Does it today's episode is a little bit? Um, it's heavy, number it's one. Heavy. So, definitely, if you are a survivor of uh abuse, it might be triggering as well. Um, but today on the show, we not that these not that our daughters are, no, no, I'm just saying that. like safety, ch- child safety, safety overall, child safety and in, in general. Um, so today on the show, we have Rosalia Rivera who is a mother. Latina, and she is the founder of Consent Parenting, which we will be talking about today. She is a consent educator, a sexual literacy advocate, speaker, and a survivor turned thriver, which I love that about her and the way that she refers to her life today. Her work is dedicated to helping out child sexual abuse survivors, um, who are now also parents, and how to confidently keep their kids safe with abuse prevention tools. And through this work, she has had the opportunity to speak at a TEDx stage and also hosts the About Consent podcast, uh, where she offers education, information, and resources and inspiration to help you on your healing journey to go from survivor to thriver. Uh, awesome. Needless to say, a very important episode. Not, like, I wouldn't say heavy, heavy episode, but definitely important episode And that you may want to just listen with your partner and not around your children
0: so without further ado here is your episode with rosalia rivera from consent parenting
2: welcome to the show Rosalía. how are you Hi. i'm awesome thanks for <laughs> making the time oh well, thank you for having me we I'm are excited. always very
1: thankful of uh women's especially mom's times in this time of times. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> but
1: let's get started. Let's get started. Tell us who you are, who you live with, who you're quarantining with, what do you do? Tell us everything. <laughs> All the 411. Yeah. Give
2: us a tea. Give you everything. So I'm Rosalia Rivera, and I am a consent educator and an abuse prevention specialist, a uh, sexual literacy advocate, and a mom of tres niños, three little wow. ones. Yeah, boys, all boys. All boys. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. So far, they've it? self-identified as boys. So far, um, and yeah, they are uh, between five and nine. So. Oh my God. Pretty busy. Pretty busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you, girl. I have
0: <laughs> yeah. three all girls. Uh, it's three, six, and nine. So I feel you.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right around that age. So yeah, and I live in Canada um, with my husband, and we have a little farm. Up here, oh. but I I actually grew up in New York, so I'm still like New Yorker at heart. Um, but I've been living in Canada for ten years now, so I'm kind of Canadian too now.
0: <laughs> hey, I hear a lot of people are gonna wanna wanna when move, move there, over there. there yeah. So
2: yeah, well, there's lots of room. There's lots uh-huh. of room.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, thank you for being here. I feel that this is one of those subjects that is very important, but also very taboo in our community. Right. And very mm-hmm. something that is very hard to talk about. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to bring uh, someone that can help us navigate through this uh, important subject. I feel like now, you know, we're, there's still, we're still in quarantine here in the United States and one well, most of the United States. Um, but I feel that also there's a lot of parents that are having to rely on other people to watch their kids while they work. And, you know, now the kids are at home. And uh, we thought it was especially important to, to talk about this because sometimes you trust your children and you have the best intentions, but, um, you know, there's also good and bad in the world. And we wanted to help, you know, one, uh, figure out ways to identify, prevent, and, you know, start dialogue really early with our children. Mm -hmm. Um, with this uh with this subject
2: yeah yeah it's so important and I'm so glad that you're you know sharing this on your platform because like you said it's so taboo still and it's an uncomfortable topic for a lot of parents to talk about so they'd rather put their head in the sand and unfortunately that is exactly what predators hope parents do and it's what perpetuates the problem so the more we can talk about it and make it less taboo the safer our kids will be
0: so, I had I had my own experience, you know, growing up. Same thing, you know. It was uh, I, I I was recently talking to my therapist about this because he came up, um, and I you know, and I started talking about her because um, I realized that my daughter is eight, and it's the same age where my abuse started happening, and so I started just it started, it started coming to my mind. And, you know, my husband and I have had these conversations because she's changing so fast. Her body's changing. Everything's changing about her, right? She's mm-hmm. becoming this other person. And I, I told my husband, you know, I don't want to be negative, but we also have to be very mindful about this. You know, Absolutely. Um, I was what, what they call like starting to get groomed at that age and, um, I didn't really think of it. Like I didn't really think it was a bad thing until I grew up and I realized that it was a bad thing and I never really told anyone, but I want to see, I, I don't want that to happen to my daughter. Right. So mm-hmm. I want to see, and I'm, and I'm sure I'm, I'm speaking for a lot of parents. So, you know, what are some of the early what signs that we should be looking at and, you know, what are the early things that we should be talking to our children about so we can communicate about this?
2: Mm-hmm. First of all, first of all, thank you for sharing that, because I think um, a lot of people have fear about sharing about their experiences. And I think that because we can talk about it, it allows, it gives permission to other survivors to talk about it and not feel that shame, which doesn't belong to us. Right. I'm a survivor as well. And I work mostly with survivor parents. And I know that, you know, my mom is a survivor. My sister's a survivor. Like it's way more common than people think. Yeah. And, um, you know, sadly, yeah. So my goal is, um, you know, really to empower parents, right? Especially those who are survivors, because you can get so easily triggered starting to talk about this. Um, so it, what I teach, the framework that I've created specifically for survivor parents, but it can apply to all parents, is to start from a place of empowering your child. Right? We we tend to be afraid of the conversation because we think that we have to, like, we think that we have to, you know, talk about the scary stuff, and and we don't want to, you know like take their innocence away or scare them about the world. Um, But if we start from the place of empowering and educating about children's rights, Mm -hmm. you know, our kids really develop this sense of, hey, you know, my body really does belong to me and I do have rights and I have someone who's backing me up right? And, and that would be obviously the parents, right? To to back them up and say, like, we support the fact that you have autonomy, that you have these rights, and, and we're going to back you up beyond just saying, like, your body belongs to you. Because a lot of people say that. But I know in the Latin culture, right, like the way that I was raised, mm-hmm. we could tell kids that, but we're still like, lo, lo estamos mandando, you know, yeah, We're always like, yeah. go do this, go do that, make sure you <laughs> eat all your food. Like, so we're contradicting ourselves, right? And so, there's a shift that needs to happen in our parenting. Really, that's where it begins for us to say like, your body belongs to you and I'm going to honor that, you know? And these are the ways that we're going to, you know, make some changes in our in our home so that we can honor that. And I know that that's not always easy for parents, especially if they grew up with very authoritarian parents, right? Which is like just culturally the norm. You just yeah. grow up like, you know, you do what you're told and you don't question it. So this is like a space where we're saying like, you know, we're we're making some changes here. Right. So it really starts with that. Um, but then the next thing that you want to start talking about is, you know, the concepts of uh, making sure that they know all of the parts of their body, that they can name them without shame. You know, that's not something that I grew up with either. Like my mom yeah. to this day still has a hard time saying vagina. Like, you know, she's <laughs> 80 years old and, you know, like a lot of parents do. Right. Yeah. Like teaching the word vulva or penis or testicles. Like these are normal parts of our body. They should be named just as normally, like without that shame. And and so that takes some adjusting, right? But it's really important because if something were to ever happen, you want to make sure that your child can identify exactly where they were touched, how they were touched, right? So we want to make sure we're giving kids that language. Um, and that should start as early as two. But wherever you are, you know, if your child is 10, you can still teach this, right? So it's never too late. Um, But so, you know, that's a piece of the education. Another piece that's really important is to make sure that we're teaching kids the difference between privacy, surprises and secrets, right? Mm, Secrets is, that's a really big deal because secrets are the currency of predators. Like if they can get a child to keep even an innocent secret, You know, in my household, there's no such thing as an innocent secret. There's no secrets in our house, like period. Um, And you can distinguish it by saying, you know, the difference between like, let's say a surprise, if you're going to have a surprise birthday party is like a temporary thing that you can, you know, you don't tell. But it's temporary and you know that you're going to be allowed to tell it. Right. So that's the biggest distinction. And if you if you can tell kids that then they know that secrets, you know, are a bad thing. You're not like if somebody makes you keep a secret that makes them feel uncomfortable or unsafe, that is something that they have to tell their parents. So, you know, these are also conversations that need to happen ongoing, not just like, okay, we read a book. They got it because like how many times does a kid need to like know something before many they times. get it,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> many many times, yeah.
2: Um, so those three are the the biggest things. Like teach okay. your kids about their rights, uh, teach them about their private parts, and make sure that you're educating them about the concepts of secrets versus surprises, um, and well, also privacy.
0: What is the? I mean, uh, for uh, for those of us who are not too familiar, what are what are the kids' rights?
2: So really, kids should have the right to say what can be done with their body. So if they mm-hmm. don't want to kiss, you know, grandma, they shouldn't be forced to kiss grandma. You know, okay. that is their choice of how they want to show affection with their body. Okay. Um, you know, even something like, I mean, a lot of parents get this t- kind of twisted because they say, well, you know, then my kid's not going to want to brush their teeth or they're not going to want to, you know, change their clothes, like all these things. Right. Take um, a so shower. Take a shower. <laughs> yeah. Like, we we have to establish that there are things that are required when it comes to health and safety. And so if we put those up front and say, these are the things that are required for you to be healthy and safe. You know, if my kid is two and they want to run across the street, I'm not going to hold back from grabbing their hand. Yeah, because, you know, so that's a safety situation. If I have to, you know, take them to the hospital because, you know, something happened and the doctor has to like deal with them. That's a yeah. safety situation. So, you know, it, it takes some figuring out, like, what those things are for you. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, I'm not going to force them to finish their plate of food. But if they're hungry an hour later, it's like, well, your food is, you know, you can finish your supper now, but, you know, that's that's what you have. Yeah. The, you know, you have to set your own sort of rules, got home it. rules and boundaries, you know? Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I get a lot of that.
1: My body, my choice, mom... Or yeah, people say you're not the boss of my body, remember? <laughs> yes, so, you know, it's difficult for me to kind of respond to that. I just say, Yes, I understand, and that's all I say. That's where, yeah, do
2: that. <laughs> well, and, and again, like if you know that it's a safety issue, then you can say, Yes, that's true, and this is a safety issue. So, these are the you know, I it's all about communication. You, know, you can say, This is that's why really, we need to do it. Yeah, that's, Got
1: it, that's yeah. really that's a really Good. That's great advice. No wonder you're a professional.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then tell us about a little bit more about what you do with consent parenting. I know you started um, consent parenting. Um, why did you create these programs? You know, tell us a little bit more about what you yeah.
2: do. So I, because I'm a survivor and I started teaching my first child when he was five um, because I had to send him off to a day camp. Uh, for like, it was a summer science camp and it was just a day camp, but I was like, wait a minute. Like, I haven't really, how do I know that I can trust the people there? Like yeah. I started kind of getting anxiety and paranoid and I was like, oh my God, I've never really taught my child, you know, a- about safety. And because and, I always was able to take care of him. Um, so that was when it kind of all dawned on me, like, I need to do this education. Um, I hadn't really healed at that point. Like, I hadn't really, you know, started doing my own work of sorting out my history and my trauma. Um, I knew that my sister was is a survivor, and, and her trauma was a lot worse than mine. But um, there was a lot that once I started like educating myself, I started getting really triggered Mm -hmm. and I stopped for a while. It was like, I started and then I would stop. And then, you know, something else would remind me like, oh my God, I need to teach this. And I get more, you know, triggered. And I realized like nobody is actually teaching it in a way that is sensitive to survivors and to the experience that we go through of being triggered. And I know from my mom, she never told us about her experience. We didn't know why she was so overprotective. And that tends to be what survivors do, right? Like they'll just like, <laughs> no puedes ir acá ni para allá. Like you're just <laughs> locked down, right? And, yeah. and I ended up becoming very rebellious in my teenage years because of it, because it was like really strict Catholic upbringing. Um, but I wasn't given any tools, right? Like, yeah. I wasn't educated. I was just overprotected. And my mom didn't realize that it was actually happening in, in her own house because she was always looking for, for stranger danger, right? Like, mm-hmm. who is it outside of the home? So unfortunately, you know, what happened to my sister and I, I I, I knew that it was not just, you know, family members, that it could be anyone. I, as I started doing the research and as I started learning and educating myself, I realized One, no one was speaking to survivors and that experience and to help navigate that because for my mom, it was really triggering. She couldn't talk to us. She couldn't educate us. Um, And I wanted to break the cycle and I wanted to help other parents break the cycle. Um, And I also wanted to start doing programs in Spanish, which I finally started doing this year, which I'm really excited about because I know that the Spanish speaking community Definitely. Does not talk about this, mm-hmm. um, and so that's what motivated me to to do this and to you know because I'm continuously you know educating my kids, uh, three different age groups really, and so I wanted to make sure that I was offering this in a way that was sensitive that was also helping survivors want to step into their healing journeys. That's mm-hmm. really important part of of you know abuse prevention is to be able to deal with your own stuff yeah um and to really empower families, you know that was really my goal is to to say like you don't have to be afraid of this information, you can actually take this information and empower yourself um like I get pissed off when I hear stories of you know kids that don't get believed or you know parents who just didn't know better, and then their child got you know hurt, and then they come to me and they're like How do I, you know, navigate this? Um, And so that's why I started because I wanted to help, you know, those who particularly survivor parents who find this really hard to do on their own.
0: That's incredible. Um, Thank you uh, for, you know, taking your time and doing that because I feel like in our community, it's something that we want to just close our eyes and pretend that it doesn't exist and so when it happens, a lot of people tend to ignore it, don't believe the mm-hmm. kids. And you said something that really stuck out to me. You said, you know, um, this happened, no one believed me. And then when I was a kid, when I grew up, I became um, rebellious. And as I've been, you know, looking into what I lived, I really realized that it really, it didn't really affect me um, it, affect, the way that it affected me is in my relationship with men, my mm-hmm. relation, and, and the way that I saw my body, and how to use my body to attract men, right. which is just something that I just, you know, I realized, you know, just um, a few weeks ago, when again, because, you know, all of this came up with my daughter. Um, but I had a question, uh, as far as what are the types of abuse that are, because not everything looks the same, right? I think like everybody thinks abuse and everybody automatically thinks like, you know, the worst, mm-hmm. but there's men, there's different layers and different things of abuse that can happen to a child. And I think that's one of the things that I wanted to talk a little bit more because um, uh, I think a lot of parents are also like, well, that's not really happening. That, that he like that really dark thing's not happening but they don't really realize that there's many different layers of abuse,
2: yeah, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, yeah, yeah, And I'm so glad you brought that point up because, um, for me, for a really long time, I didn't want to talk about what happened to me because I didn't think it was as bad as like what happened to my sister, yeah, and so I was like, well, she had it so much worse, like what happened to me c- couldn't really count. It <laughs> You know, like, I honestly felt that until someone was like, no, that that counts, you know? Um, So I think it's important that parents realize, like, there's so many different levels and ways that a child can be exploited and abused. Um, It can be, you know, showing a child pornography is is abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, Touching them inappropriately once, you know, and making them uncomfortable and feeling unsafe counts. Um, You know, a lot of parents tend to think like only if it's rape or only if it's something, you know, where somebody got penetrated that that counts. No, it's all of it. You know, it can happen through online exploitation, um, you know, where a child is coerced and made to send, you know, images. I mean, there are so many ways now. Um, especially, you know, where a child could be shown something or they could be recorded doing something um, where it's against their will. So there's there's different layers of it, and it could ha- have happened once or it could have happened over years, and mm-hmm. it's still abuse, and it still counts, and it still uh, can be a very traumatizing experience for a child. So we should never discount, you know, I think a lot of parents also say, well, like, if it only happened once and it really, like, you know, nothing mm-hmm. – you know, got nobody penetrated anybody, then, you know, it's not that bad. Yeah. It, you know, the child still needs support. They need to, they they definitely need to talk to someone about it um, because we don't know how that person got affected. Everybody gets affected by trauma very differently, you know? so um, So I think it's important that parents realize that there are various ways and we shouldn't discount the severity of something because we don't know how that child experienced it and what the lead up was to that too because like you said grooming can happen over time and you're really breaking the trust of that child from a relationship you know and how that will impact their understanding of relationships and being able to trust people so it's a psychological and physical uh, sexual abuse that can happen. Yeah. And
1: what signs should we look for if we are suspicious of abuse? Or even if we're not suspicious, what should we be? So, yeah,
2: there, there's two, two aspects of it. One is that we can look for the signs of abuse uh, that a child may be experiencing. So if, if we look at, you know, those signs, that's one aspect. But there's also signs that we should be conscious of in terms of someone that we may suspect Mm -hmm. um, or even not suspect, but there's, there's signs of grooming. And so, um, like on my website, you know, I talk or even on Instagram, I have a post where it's like, here's some 10 different signs that you could look for. And a lot of them can feel like, well, you know, that seems like normal loving behavior, but when you add it up and then you also have maybe a, you know, gut feeling about somebody, that's something to pay Mm -hmm. attention to. So I, which, which of those signs are you asking about like the abuse or the grooming to look out well, let's for? Start, let's start
1: with the grooming yeah. first.
2: Okay. So with grooming, one of the things that, you know, predators will do is they they try to gain the trust and affection of both the child and the family. So this is someone who is going to, uh, you know, try to be really helpful and offer, you know, childcare to the family. So a lot of times, it, you know, it could be with uh, a single parent. You know, they realize that, you know, this parent may need support with their child, and they may offer like, oh, I can take them somewhere, or I can take care of them. You know, if you're working late, don't worry, I can come by and you know watch them. So if you start to notice that somebody is really offering a lot of one-on-one time with the child, that's something to pay attention to. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're grooming your child but it's one of the signs right um another is if they're sorry let me interrupt you what does grooming mean just real quick before you move on to number two because that may be a terminology that a
1: lot of people don't
2: know what yeah and it's true because i think it's a ridiculous word to use (laughs) frankly (laughs) i think it should be called luring or like uh manipulating you know because really that's what happens um but it's really when a predator tries to like um you know, get close to a family to like break down their boundaries, to gain their trust um, so that they can, you know, with that end goal to abuse the child. Yeah. So they will use strategies to, to do that. And Got one it. of those is, you know. So number two. To, yeah. So number two is um, to like if they start giving gifts, you know, to the child, whether it's a bunch of small gifts or big gifts, maybe it's gifts that they are giving without the parent knowing. Um, So if that child all of a sudden, you know, starts having gifts that you didn't give them, and it's unexplained, Mm -hmm. um, that would be another sign. Um, The third is that uh, you, you may start to see that they get more physically affectionate with the child, sometimes in front of the parents to try to normalize that behavior. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people think, well, like if it's a grandparent, like, of course, you know, they're just naturally affectionate, but is the child feeling like comfortable with that? Like if they, you know, don't seem comfortable with it, but nobody's really saying anything, that's sort of a test that the predator will use. Mm -hmm. Um, some other signs also, um, would include, uh, like once they start to get closer to the child, um, that they will, um you know, ask them to keep innocent secrets. So mm-hmm. this could be like, oh, you know, I'm going to take you for ice cream, but like don't tell your parents, you know? And if the child keeps that secret, then they know that the child is willing to keep the secret, which is one of the reasons I say like there's no secrets, good or bad, like no exception, you know? Got it. Um, so that's that's one of the other ones. Um, and then it starts like once they've start, sort of like passed those four things, they will start to then um, maybe, you know, do things where – Let's say, for example, it normalizes sort of a sexual touch without the child really like knowing or feeling like it's uncomfortable and seeing how far they can get. Hmm. Um, sometimes they will do that even in front of a parent. Um, maybe the parent's not looking, but it's in front of the parent. So to the child, it's being normalized, Got it. Yeah. Um, you know, so things like that. So those kinds of behaviors. And there's lots of other little things. Like sometimes if it's, uh, if they have access to the child online, they'll start to connect with them online and try to get them to uh, communicate, you know, with the door closed in their bedroom. Um, So sometimes that could be a family member. It's like, oh, I'm just talking to my cousin, or I'm just talking to Theo or whatever, you know, and they're like, oh, you know, getting them to go into a private room. So in my house, for example, we have a rule where, If you're on a device, it has to be, you know, in a common room. You can't have your phone or your tablet or whatever in your room. Mm. But if you're seeing that they're starting to want to sneak away with it or they're, you know, using it more privately, that's another sign to look for. So so those are some of the major ones. Um, If you're starting to see that, then, you know, pay attention to why that's happening. Ask your child how they feel around that person um, reinforce the concept of you know no secrets in the house. Transparency is really important, um, so that you can you know they can feel safe talking if there is something that's going on. Um, usually after that, then they will try to start asking for more sort of like sexual contact. And if the child you know has kept a secret before, they will start to use that against them and find ways to you know make sure that this relationship stays secret. So. You know, you want to make sure that you're you're having these ongoing conversations with your kids, especially if you're seeing some of those signs with a particular person. Oh, thank you. Um,
1: and can we move into the physical aspect? You know, that was a grooming one. Can we move into? Yeah.
2: yeah so with, um, you know, when you're looking for signs, a lot of times it's behavioral at first. So if your child suddenly, um, you know, it doesn't want to eat or they're waking up with nightmares, Um, They start to seem shy, uh, particularly when it comes to body, you know, their private parts. Um, If they are uh, even asking, like if you if you notice that there uh, is more sexualized behavior than is normal for a child, like, you know, it's absolutely normal for a child to explore their body. But if you start to notice like your child is inserting things into their vagina or they Mm -hmm. are, you know, um, rubbing against things in a way that just doesn't, that seems beyond their sexual experience of where they should be at that age. Um, you know, that's something to pay attention to, um, for older kids, even if they are starting to do any kind of self harm, that's something that could indicate, you know, something, some kind of abuse is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times, you may actually even see physical, um, you know, bruising or rashes, uh, urinary tract infections. Uh, Those are also signs that something, you know, is going on. At that point, I always recommend to take your child to a pediatrician um, and and get more, you know, get an examination. If there's evidence of an STI. Then you definitely have some kind of abuse uh, situation happening, and, and definitely need to explore that um, and even for older children, it there may be a suicidal attempt if there's any kind of suicidal ideation or, or attempt you know to, to do something like that to self harm, um, you definitely want to get you know to find out what's going on, obviously so those are those are the you know sort of major warning signs that you would see, but a lot of times unfortunately, kids don't show. Uh, really evident signs because they they just have fear or maybe maybe they don't even know that what's happening is is wrong if they haven't been educated. You know, if they haven't been told like people shouldn't be touching you in these areas, mm-hmm. they may not know and they may not, you know, that person may have manipulated them to the point where it you know, especially for really young children, it may feel good initially because those parts are very sensitive. They have like a lot of nerve endings, right? Yeah. So um the child may not know, and then it can escalate. And and at the point where it feels hurtful, they may be so implicated that they're afraid to say no because they feel like they participated somehow. And of course, it's never a child's fault.
0: Yeah, that's why you have to do preventive work, right? Exactly. So they're they're open and they tell you. So, what are some of the um, the ways that we can teach our children boundaries? You know, um, how, how do we talk to small children, but also Uh, preteens or teens about boundaries um, with their bodies and with other people.
2: Yeah. So you can do it just in the way that we interact with our kids, but for really young kids, I mean, really for any age group, I always recommend books. Books are such great tools. They give you language to use, right? And and it gives you examples. A lot of times there's stories that that will help the child, ident- you know, identify with the character and understand. Um, you know, there's a really great book called Personal Space Camp, which talks about the, you know, the the concept of personal space. Um, there's really great books out there today that you know we didn't have. 10, 15 years ago that are now talking about these concepts in ways that kids will will understand and relate because of the the images. But there's also great videos um, online as well. Amaze.org has amazing videos that help um, for kids to understand the concepts of boundaries and personal space and consent and safety. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of really great resources um, that are created. I have, um, one of the things that is also really important too is creating a safety network. But um, without getting into that, like I have a poster that shows you what a safe person is, right? So it, mm. it explains to a child what is a safe person so that if you have a safety network, you know that your safety network is made up of safe people. And this is what oh. a safe person means. So it's someone who would never cross your body boundaries, who would never ask you to keep secrets, um, who would always believe you and who will always help you if you need it. So there's so many tools that we have at our disposal today. Uh, many of them are free and we just need to tap into those and start using them to educate our kids. And, and those are really great ways to get conversations going. That's amazing. Thank you for all the information.
0: Um, I think one last thing I want to touch on is uh, now that the kids are on, on, online all the time, right, with school and yeah, I think it's the it's well I don't think it's the only way that they have to socialize there's different games and things that they are you know using um but I also realize it's it's a way for them to express themselves there's this game that my my daughters play a lot Roblox and it's you know they they um they have characters and then they have things to describe themselves and I've seen like i I, when i see the character i'm like that really i'm like that's so funny that you would see yourself that way right like Mm -hmm. i see her as this like really bubbly girl and then i see her emoji and it's like a dark person like it's right um but i want to say you know i i know that there's a lot of parents that are where estamos rebasados by all of that new stuff that's happening like you cannot be next to your child 24 hours a day just looking at what they're typing. Or, But um, I know that there's also predators out there that know this. So, yeah. um, you know, I want to get some tips from you uh, on how to handle the online world right now when, in the age that we're living in during the pandemic and all of this.
2: Yeah, stuff. yeah. No, I, it's so true. It, it's easy to get overwhelmed by that. Um, so there's a couple of tools that I recommend. So if your if your kids are going to be using games or apps, uh, there's a really amazing website which is also in Spanish, uh, CommonSenseMedia.org. Yeah. Um, so I always recommend parents check that out because you can check out exactly what game or app your child wants to use. At least get some basics. You know, it doesn't mean like you have to know the game or the app inside out, but like get an understanding of it see what the, you know, platform recommends about it for age groups and such. Um, And then you can also use a, uh, you know, like a monitoring um, app. So, Mm -hmm. for example, Bark.us is is something that you can use to help monitor. So if you can't be as hands-on as as you'd like to be, that will help monitor, um, you know, exchanges between people. So, you know, if your kids are maybe messaging with friends online, um, even if it's friends that they know, but, you know, even if it's potential predators, um, it will monitor the language that's being used. So if there's something, it'll, it'll monitor for bullying and harassment for sex, uh, sexually explicit content and suicidal ideation. Oh, so it will, it will track that, that language. And if it picks it up, it will notify the parents. So it gives you that extra layer of protection um, to be aware, right? This- and then-
0: does it do like the code languages now? Like,
2: yeah. Okay, great. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. It's very up to date with that. Okay, Um, awesome. Yeah. And I actually did an interview with the with the CMO of that um, organization um, for my podcast, because like, there's so much and you can be so easily overwhelmed. And because Mm -hmm. kids are on for so for such a long time, right nowadays, Um, So so that's another really helpful tool. But there's other ones that are similar. So if you do some research, you can find other ones. But you know, if you set some basic ground rules, like I always recommend to have a family media agreement, so that you lay out some some basic safety rules and say this is an agreement That, you know, we have to be transparent. Um, These are the, you know, the areas in the house where you can use your device. Like there are some templates like commonsensemedia.org has a template, for example, a family media agreement. You can download it for free and use it as a template to say, like, these are the safe ways that you can use these devices. Like a contract? It's It's like a contract. Yeah. I I call it an agreement because I think, you know, both the parent and the child have to agree. And I think we also have to be good. Like we have to model good digital behavior too. Right. And so I always say it's an agreement because we're also agreeing to model good behavior for our kids. Right. We, um, you know, need to do that. So uh, there's lots of different templates you can use, but that's one that's available through their website and lay it out and talk about it and, and keep up to date with them. Check in, you know, every so often, um, regularly if possible, and, and then, you know, try to stay on top of it.
0: We're going to definitely do that. Uh, my daughter has been curious about finding her signature lately. So we're going to start practicing there. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. she wants, she wants to do her, um, her signature. Well, thank you so much for all the information you gave us. It's. I, I. feel like sometimes it is a little bit overwhelming. It is scary. It's something really scary. It's something like I said that we just want to like ignore, like pretend that it's not happening. But unfortunately, um, it's more real than we think, and it happens to a way, way more people than we that we can ever imagine. So we need yeah. to teach our children, um, young, you know, to speak about this, uh, all of these things, and even though it might be uncomfortable. And, and to, to be honest with you, uh, a few months ago, I started reading a book with my, with my daughter. I don't remember what it's called. It's something about the stork. Um, and then we were reading, as we were reading it, once we got to the part where, and I was like, I'm already ready. I'm, I'm going to do this, you know? But once we got to the page where it was going to start talking about sex and all of those things, I got, I, I was like, Oh my God. Okay. I'm gonna." <laughs> I'm going to give it my little bit more time and put it away but I think right now it's the perfect time to to pick up on that conversation
1: mm-hmm.
0: because um, my daughter is changing so fast she's changing so fast and I want to be able to connect with her right now and not when it's too late right, you know? right. I really, really want to connect with her I really want to um, open that com- that communication between her and I and, and her dad as well and so she can be safe and, 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 and know that, yeah, she's empowered to make her own decisions and and she has all the power over her body, which is something that, you know, we didn't grow up with.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And to, and to your point, I think a lot of parents don't realize that if they aren't the ones that are being the leaders in that respect, like that sort of figure of authority that can answer their kids questions without shame, they're going to seek out that information elsewhere. And would you rather them know from you or from the internet or other people or peers who are going to give them misinformation? Right. So yeah. It's, it's and, really, and
0: I, I think it's just, it's just a matter of like us working through our own traumas. Absolutely. Because they're, 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 they're like, they don't even know. Right. Like they're, they're, they're just new to holding. this. But it's us that we have the problem with it. It's not them. It's us. So I think like, yeah. us working our own issues, working out our own issues, will really help to break that barrier that it's that could potentially, you know, be there. Yeah. We-
2: exactly. Exactly. And the, and just wanted to make one last point too is a lot of times we think um, we don't want to talk about this now because it's like a scary issue, but we also have to remember that. Like we're empowering them now to prevent abuse, but also to prevent them from experiencing it later in life because they'll have the skills, you know, to, right. to know like what to do and what to say. And if something happens that they can report that it's never their fault, that, you know, consent can be withdrawn. Like all these things that I wish I had known, mm-hmm. um, when I was 17, I was date raped and I didn't report because I thought it was my fault because I didn't know that I could, withdraw my consent that, you know, like there were all these things that I just didn't know. And I think I would have been more empowered to do something in that moment and to report it after and not have lived with so much shame and guilt for so long. Right. And if we can teach our kids early, we are giving them that gift of empowering them later in life. You know, so I always say to parents, like, think of that vision for them for the future, because you're doing this work now that's going to serve them later as well. Definitely. Thank Thank you so much
1: for your time, for your insight, for educating us so much in such a, besides an important subject, a big subject, right? And I know that we covered very little Mm -hmm. and there's many more, many, yeah, a lot more information that we should get educated on constantly. And just like you mentioned, it's not just about reading a book and moving forward, but uh, making this part of our everyday life and normalizing it. And part of that is listening to great content like your podcast and everything that you do.
2: Can you let us know where our moms can find you and how can get in contact with you and all that good stuff? Yeah, sure. Well, thanks again for having me. And uh, you can find everything through consentparenting.com. Uh, I'm also very active on Instagram, which is also Consent Parenting and Facebook. I go live once a week there as well. So those are the three main hubs that you can connect with me. Um, and also my podcast is about consent.com. Oh, awesome.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so India. much. It was incredible having thank you. you. <laughs> um, it was enlightening to say the least. <laughs> yeah,
0: thank you. Definitely. We need to, you know, this, this, this could not be the last conversation that we have. I'm sure there's going to be lots of questions and Parents are, you know, things that I can't really think of, but I know there's a lot of parents that have questions. So we definitely need to do this
2: again with you. I would love to. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you
0: again. so much Thank and you. stay safe. Enjoy your day and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Soon. Hey, super mamas, Paulina and Brisa here. We just want to remind you to rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Also, have you seen us rocking our Super Mamas swag? Well, we want you to join in. Use promo code SMPodcast at checkout on SuperMamas.com slash swag for 15% off your next order. Again, that's code SMPodcast on SuperMamas.com slash swag for 15% off. Okay, now back to the show.
0: and we are back on the we are back. that was a great episode I think you know there's a lot of things that I learned and I'm going to put it to practice with my children great of episode course to share. I
1: think it really is just about um trust, communication lots of trust trust communication which could be the really the hardest thing and as always I thank you for being so vulnerable on this show oh
0: you're welcome. Uh, Now, (laughs) let's move on to our um, favorite segment, the Super Mama Pick or Tip of the Week. You want to start, Brisa?
1: Sure, of course. I think on the show before, aside from having Rosalia that talked about constant parenting and, you know, building trust with your kids and all that great stuff, we've also had... Prior to this, prior to this year, um, someone to speak about internet safety, right? Mm-hmm. I think we had a show before, and even though we had the show, and even though we knew about, you know, maintaining your Wi-Fi and um, your kind of network in your home, a safe place for your children, it has been what nine months into this pandemic year, eight months, who knows at this point? Um, wait, seven months? Who knows?
0: I don't know. And Forever.
1: It just dawned. On, it just dawned on me, I my kids' Wi-Fi is a free-for-all. My kids' iPad is a, you know, like, here, the world, like, the world, you can do anything in this iPad. And I'm like, oh, my God, it just kind of hit me one day. And I'm like, I really need to start, like, install security measures here. Yeah. So, I mean, so I installed um, my, my Wi-Fi firewall, I want to call it. But now my son can, he can definitely go on Google, but searches are completely limited to, you know, just kid stuff um, on YouTube. He can't really go on YouTube anymore. Um, I've managed, um, I have put restrictions on Netflix um, that he can only watch, you know, 30 minutes a day. And I can see the history where he's been. I can see, I can see it all. Uh, really? and, uh, it definitely gives me a little bit of relief because I just wasn't thinking about, I don't know, he's gone to the point where he can actually type anything on a screen because he realized that the keyboard has a little microphone. Mm-hmm. And if he speaks into the microphone, the keyboard will write it out for him. So from that, I just, I don't know, like, what if he Googles the wrong thing? I don't know. I just started like thinking about yeah. it and I'm like... I'm like, why haven't I installed this before? Um, And the app that I use is called um, Circle. And it actually came, I've always had this, I just never bothered to install it. It came with my router that I've had for years. I have uh, an Orbi Wi-Fi router from Netgear. And um, that really is how I just sound like, it says like, add parental controls. And I'm like, yeah, I should have parental controls um and yeah highly recommended you can uh, basically you can you can assign uh, you can assign devices to each profile so I, ha- I the only profile that i have up is my son's and i his device is assigned to his profile so his device is his ipad and it tells me the usage um you can filter it so it tells like who's using it um and you put like kid and it, you basically say like what's allowed what's not allowed, a safe search, is again, YouTube restrictions, you can put a bedtime. Um, so, you know, a bedtime after bedtime, they cannot use any, their, 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 um, their devices. And you can see the history of again, everywhere where they visited. So um, I can see when he's on zoom, which is basically I'm looking at his history and at this point, all he can really go, go on is, um, is, it's on zoom and all the educational apps that he has on his phone so if he really wants to be on his ipad i'm just feel confident that he'll just be at least learning something and not just you know mindless videos and i this sort of like was brought to my attention just because i think i've spoken i don't know if i i think i did mention this that the kids have a zoom room and yeah. all the kids in school and his class log in and everyone's happy and everyone's cool so i it has it had been two days two days in a row that I didn't hear him engaging with kids so I would like try to like sneak in mm-hmm. and I would catch him and his iPad was watching a show well you know and I'm like hmm why is he not going in this room anymore mm-hmm. and he found and and the thing is that he he just realized that wait I can be watching tv I don't have to go in the Zoom room. So um, I think he just realized that he could go on Netflix, especially because now he's in his room. Yeah. And it given him that that uh, freedom and that, you know, personal space. Um, so the fact that he was just in his room watching Netflix while, you know, not interacting with other kids, I was like, mm, okay, yeah. I got to figure something out here. Yeah, but- and that he, you know, and that he was like kind of sneaking out sneaking around and doing it you know Mm -hmm. so the fact that he was doing that just made me think like oh my gosh I'm giving him all this freedom not that he would do it on purpose but some stuff can come up there especially when you have the internet in your hands
0: definitely you know
1: so I just anyway installed it and now I'm like cool if you're in your room what can you do Yeah,
0: that's why I I decided to go with the school laptop and the school um, iPad for them because it's already awesome. all like blocked, and they can't, you know. I was like, I don't even want to try to even do that. So, I, I, they can't do any of that. But I, I love yes, that. I'm gonna look way, also into. That's it.
1: that's that's what that's also why my friend told me too. She said yeah. that um, she's like, oh, their school stuff. I don't, he has his own iPad. Yeah, he yeah, Didn't yeah. give us, um, like something with with block things. So, yeah,
0: that's a great. That's know. a great tip. I have Eero. I'm I'm actually looking at my app right now to see if it's. If it also has that feature, if not, I'm going to really look into that. Cause I need that. And I love the bedtime thing because then after that, like, you know, sometimes they sneak the iPad into the room and I am thinking they're sleeping and they're like, you know,
1: well, so if you have an iPad, so I, I can also, man- I can manage his iPad, his iPad from his yeah. phone. Yeah. So for me, I can like his, from my phone, I can delete apps on his iPad, like automatically. So if I want him to just, this iPad to turn off. I can do that, but what I cannot do through my iPhone is the it's through as firewall the history yeah, and the history. And um, so again, Apple actually has a lot of great parental controls on your iPhone. If you, you huh. know, I mean, obviously we have like a family circle on on the phone, and I can see all that thing, all, all the all that gist um, with like family members. So I have that on my phone. I just wasn't able to see or what's the on, and restrict certain websites. So that's, now. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna do that. I like that tip a lot, Precia. Thank you.
1: So also, is that like breaking his trust? Mm, I don't know. No, just I just don't being think Being a so. smart mom. No, that's <laughs> being a
0: smart mom. You need to know what's up with the with those kids. Trust me.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> just like I want to give you freedom, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um,
0: my picks are actually two books. Uh, that uh, my best friend Jackie gave to my daughters when her and I started conversations, having conversations about like, you know, or kids' bodies changing, all of that, you know. So she gifted me two books that are really, really good. Um, the first one is called Who Has What? And this book is, it says all about girls' bodies and boys' bodies. Um, and this is for probably like three to six years old, so, you know, it's like more like really basic stuff about, you know, our bodies are different. You know, they ha- they have a comparison with, you know, a boy and like a puppy dog male and like a girl dog and a, and a girl, you know, so it's like very basic stuff, but like language that the girls um, that I read with the girls and now we're like very familiar with our body parts. And, you know, it's more, more of that. Um, it's a really great book that goes along with like body safety with the kids and trust and communication. I really like that book and I've I read it with all three. With Krista, I am reading the book, it's uh, it's called It's Not the Stork, uh, where it starts talking about, you know, I'm going to say that, like the next level things, which is pregnancy, sex, you know periods you know changes on bodies on males and females but this is a children's book it's called it's not intercourse Intercourse, yes it talks about that (laughs) it talks about yeah it's it it, it, you know it goes on to like the next level subjects but this is like a it's a new york times bestseller it's a really like it's a really educational book really I think it made me feel comfortable reading it, and then
1: what is it? Is it rated like seven years plus, or is it like for thirteen and up, or
0: no? This is not (laughs) for thirteen and up. This is actually it says like it starts from like it says seven. I did not start at seven. Seven, because I'm Latina. No, I know, but
1: (laughs) I know, but it's good to know that that's the age that we should, you know. Again, going back to what we're talking about, the show.
0: Yeah, actually, dude, it says from four and up. And I'm like, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I'm going to start talking to my son about
0: that. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's yeah, it's just, in, in in that line of books has um that book has other books that are more, you know, uh, proper for like, you know, there's another one that says seven and up. There's one that's like 10 and up. That's called it's perfectly. I haven't gone to those. I'm still reading the four and up to Christa.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know, nine.
0: And Chris is like, wait, no, but, you know, I'm like, wait, are we talking to our four-year-olds about this? I guess, you know, again, we're Latinas. I don't know. We're I mean, I just, you know, uh, our family. I don't know. But those are really good books. Those are like really conversation starters. And it made me feel like, okay,
1: we can read a book. Yeah, we're it's definitely going to start a conversation. I'll
0: tell you that much. Yeah. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I have, a, you know, one of my friends that read it said that uh, their kid was like, so when do you and daddy have sex? The time. <laughs> and she was like that's that's private <laughs> i was like oh <laughs>
2: you gotta maybe start we should have a second day.
1: episode maybe we need to have another episode of salia because i don't know <laughs> because you're not ready <laughs> i just need an expert to tell me like what i need to do you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure for sure anyway the other day i went to the other day i went to a uh, Oh, I was, I was like, oh come on, go brush your teeth. He's like, you go brush your vagina. Just, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other day I um I took my shirt off to change. And he was like, ooh, mommy, ooh. I'm like, <laughs> what? Your just are so big. I'm like, Yeah, because I'm breastfeeding your sister. I'm like milk in here. She's like, he's like, ooh, what? <laughs> also, the other day, he said, mom, you like Selena? And I'm like, I love Selena. You know it's a movie, Selena? I'm like, yeah, what she's wearing is very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> and then he said, mom, you know Fuller House? I don't want to watch it anymore like why there's a lot of kissing in that (laughs) and I shouldn't be watching that (laughs) I'm like what and then I started and I told my husband all this and then he said you know what's happening is just that he's got a lot more girlfriends now so in that little room Mm -hmm. it's him and like three girls I'm like so I wonder if like the girls mentioned something I don't know and then it just makes me think that Am I gonna raise my daughter differently? Like, if you know what I mean, is it? Because if I'm seeing kissing on TV, am I gonna react different if it's a boy or if I have a daughter or if I have a son? You know what I mean? Because yeah, you know, there's if there's kissing on TV, I'm like fine, but I wonder if if I have I would see it when she gets older. I'm like, oh, turn it off. it's No, You know, know like, I don't.
0: We're like, you're not gonna do that until you're 18. <laughs> you know what
1: I mean and with Eduardo I'm like look they're kissing you know I don't who, I don't know I don't know but I'm like Selena's not wearing an appropriate style babe like at all she's beautiful and she's great and I just went off on of you know, i Selena like wait who's telling you that Selena's being inappropriate <laughs>
0: oh my god i know i know they start noticing a lot of things they start asking more questions more and more and more and i'm like "Eh." so that's why i was like let me read this book again (laughs) i'm telling you i'm telling you anyway all right thank you ladies um for another week and uh we will see you next week
1: Bye. bye Hey sisters! Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on Superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore Superromas and on Twitter, also at underscore Superromas and in the face at Superromas Podcast
0: oh one more thing we want to hear your super mama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters call into our hotline 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com very soon we could be featuring you on the show please remember to leave your name and instagram handle for a chance to be featured much love
1: and see you next week. week.
0: Super Mama. Mama.